0: Four. I'm, gonna I'm gonna be a leader lead. Hey,
1: what's up, everybody? Welcome to Championship Leadership Podcast. And today I'm excited. We have Chris Ducker. Chris is a serial entrepreneur and author of the bestselling books, Virtual Freedom, and more recently, Rise of the Upreneur. Based in Cambridge, England, he owns and operates several businesses that combined house over 350 full-time employees around the world. He's also a trusted international business mentor, keynote speaker, podcaster, blogger, as well as the founder of upreneur.com, the world's fastest growing personal brand business education company. Chris hosts the annual Upreneur Summit, which is held in London each November and is the self-proclaimed proudest Brit doing business online. Personal website, find him at chrisducker.com, as well as on Twitter, his ID at chrisducker. So with that, Chris, welcome. I appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having
2: me. It's a pleasure, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first question that I like to ask as we kick the conversation off is always this one. Championship leadership is the name of the podcast. What we'll comes to mind for you? What does championship leadership mean to you when you hear that?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I think um, you know, being a champion clearly means that you're a, a hop and a skip above the rest. Chances are you're a lot more committed than the, than the rest of the folks out there. Chances are you're a lot more focused and um, you know, you got the whole Michael Jordan kind of lock in on the prize kind of mentality, which yeah. I love, um, yeah. you know, and, and leadership, you know, it, it's the thing with leadership I think today is that a lot of people see themselves as leaders, but they're self-proclaimed leaders. And I think in order to lead You've also got to continue to learn to be able to continue to lead. And I see way too many people in a quote unquote leadership role that aren't learning and almost become stagnant and, and therefore relatively replaceable. So I think, um, you know, combination of uh, that, that all out tenacity to be a to be a champ and to do, you know, what you want to do at an incredibly high level, as well as the ability and the awareness, actually, of nonstop learning. And nonstop development is very, very clearly important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what you know, I've a, I've had a few other guests uh, from England, and uh, do you guys have the Champions League? Is that what it's called? Football?
2: <laughs> so I, I think are it's the Champions League. I am not a, okay. So we we going to gonna ask. Are about you a football right fan right up front here? So I am about the most un-British Brit <laughs> that you'll ever come across. Ever period, yeah. um, you know, I, from the year 2000 through to late, very late 2018. So we're talking 18, almost 19 years here. I lived in the Philippines, okay, um, and so you know, I, uh, I, I don't like football or soccer, as you guys over there in the US would, yeah. would call yeah. it. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I reference Michael Jordan. I'm a hoops guy.
1: Yeah, I was like gonna I'm, say I noticed I'm, the the Jordan reference. Yeah, I'm a
2: I'm a hoops guy. Now I'm a Boston Celtics fan. I have okay. been ever since the mid '80s with Larry and DJ yeah. and Mikhail and all those yep. guys. That's that's my crew. That's the team. Man. #Hashtag Bleed Green. Yeah. <laughs> all
1: right, all right. So, yeah. So I'm a I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a hoops guy. I'm not really. I love a I'm a hoops guy too. And I, uh, I kind of grew up in that same time watching. Who's your team? If you're a Detroit
2: guy or LA guy, I guess we're going to fall out immediately.
1: aren't we? (laughs) No, I'm a bucks guy. I I grew up in Wisconsin, believe it or not. So I'm a bucks fan. Um, they had some good teams in the eighties, but they always lost to Larry and, uh, magic and everybody else, but they had some
2: good teams teams around that time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Just like everyone
1: else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Mikhail, he's. Uh, I live in Minnesota now. He's from Minnesota. Uh, actually, that's right. He is. Back in my insurance days, I insured uh, Mikhail's high school coach because he used to talk about Mikhail all the time. Coached him in high school. But anyway, uh, so. Um. Well, let's get into you. Like, tell us a little bit more. I, I read your short bio, but uh, the short version of your bio. Not that your bio is short, uh, <laughs> but uh, tell us a little bit more about you and your journey, and kind of the path that that uh, you've taken that's gotten you. Yeah, you know.
2: Bios are always like a weird thing it is. Um, and and I always you know that's that bio that you just read out. I'm assuming my my assistant got that to you yes, um, and you know you reminded me I need to update it, update um, it. <laughs> <laughs> it it's they're always you know they when you read them out, when you hear them read out, they always seem a hell of a lot longer than what they really need to be, but when yeah, you're right. writing them. You know, and and bear in mind, obviously, you know, a a lot of people have professional bios and things like that. You know, a lot of them are authors or they're speakers, that sort of type of thing. And so, you know, that kind of bio is more is is more kind of like, you know, it's better suited for the back of a of a book or the the inside sleeve of a book or like you know, in a brochure or workbook at an event or something like that. So it could just read Chris Ducker as a sales guy, and that's what he. That's what he you know, really identifies with more than anything else because that's truly honestly what I am. I'm a sales and marketing guy. Um, I do have several. I got three different businesses. Uh, I do employ almost 400 people. Um, uh, I have been building businesses for 16, 17 years, and I do coach many, many people around the world to do likewise. Uh, but still, at the very core of what I do, the one thing that I... Yeah. Uh, that I really identify with as being a sales and marketing professional is what I'm all
1: about. Well, and I think if you're anything like me, which it sounds like you probably are. And, uh, and I think it's a, it's probably a characteristic of championship leadership. Like you don't really like to hear people read your bio. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, okay, enough already. Let's just, let's, let's go. Let's get on with the go. chat. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm with yeah. you. Um, well, well, but uh, do please tell us like, yeah, what, What's your journey been like and, and to how you have found your, yourself doing what you do today?
2: Well, I mean, so, I mean, how far do you want to go? I was born at a very young age. Um, <laughs> oh, there's a dad joke for you. I, I, um, I, I, you know, I, I split from college six months in. I quit college, much to my father's dismay. was not a fan of college at all. Mm-hmm. And um, I got a job at a, publish, a small publishing company outside of London. And, uh, really decided that, you know, sales was going to kind of be my, my thing. And, um, even back in those days, though, I had, should we say entrepreneurial tendencies, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I was a, I was a wee coach, basketball coach, um, back, back at the local Y in London, <laughs> um, in my, you know, my late teens, early twenties. And I was always like, you know, I would, I would buy, you know, just, not to keep going with the hoop analogy thing, but like, I, I would, I would buy, uh, you know, the odd um, you know, basketball magazine and we didn't get many of them, not yeah. good ones over in the UK. Like they were coming from the U S you know, through an importation, you know, publishing companies. Yeah. Like and it would cost ridiculous compared to, you know, you'd look at it, it'd be like, you know, three, $3 and 50 cents on the cover, but why am I paying 10 pound or <laughs> the thing, you know? So, um, what I would do though, is I would get these, these magazines and I would cut them up the pictures and the stories and the profiles and the, you know, scorecards and all that kind of stuff. And I would put them together in kind of like a, like almost like an old fashioned, like fanzine. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I would photocopy them off and get them to the kids, you know, at practice and, you know, they kind of stay, stay up to date with stuff. And, Looking back in those days, you know the combination. Did you sell of all, them? Um, Oh no, no, no! We'd give them, give them to the kids. Oh, okay, okay. Kids. I thought
1: yeah. you had a little hustle going here.
2: Oh, a little, later on, later on, the hustle yeah. was there. But you know, back in those days, it was about just creating stuff and just yeah. putting something together to, you know, inspire the kids to to want to learn more about, you know, the leaders in the game and 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 what made them tick and things like that. And then you know, I, I got into the publishing game and I was selling you know, classified ad space, display ad space, anything really, you know, publishing, you know, everything from yearly journals to, you know, monthly or quarterly periodicals I'd get involved with and fundamentally sell anything from, you know, front cover sponsorship to, you know, one third of a column in in the middle of the magazine somewhere or something. And I was pretty good at it. Yeah. By the time I was 25, I was managing guys twice my age, much to... Their dismay. Actually, I, I once had a 49-year-old guy want to fight me in the car park because really? I was outselling him and making him <laughs> look bad.
1: That had be a crazy moment.
2: I know. So, um, yeah, so, you know, that's, that's kind of like what I look, you know, I, I look to my early roots and that sales and marketing, you know, kind of uh, mindset and, and focus. Um and I'm still there now, man. You know, I'm I'm still a a, a student uh, of sales and marketing and personal development and people and relationships and you know, everything that I do um is definitely from those earlier years. And it was that stint in publishing where I did get the side hustle going. I published a, a biannual, no, not biannual, annual, bi monthly. So six issues a year of a uh a fan magazine called Hong Kong Superstars. I was a big Hong Kong movie fan back in the okay. Uh, the the nineties. And, um, so if you were a Hong Kong movie fan, you know, you pick up this at the local, you know, books, comic store, bookstore, that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, and from there really it, it's, you know, it's just, it's been those early entrepreneurial tendencies. is kind of like led me to where I am now.
1: Yeah. What's, what's a uh, Upreneur all about? Talk to me about that.
2: I kind of stumbled into Upreneur. Well, I didn't stumble into it, but I kind of did. So uh, I started getting active online, like really active in January of 2010. So it was blogging, podcasting. So I've been podcasting 10 years, right? Yeah, so, wow. um, I guess that makes me, I, somebody called me a veteran podcaster the other well, day. You're Maybe like, you're one of
1: the godfathers if you've been around that long. <laughs> but uh,
2: but yes, yeah, so, I mean, you know, we're talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes over the years. Um, and, I I really, something strange happened around late 2012. I got an email out of the blue from a publishing house in the United States. And they said, we want to do a book with you. And the focus for me back in those days was very much around building teams, virtual teams, virtual assistants. I was riding, I was riding that four hour work week cocktail, you know, a little bit um, and doing very well with it. Quite frankly, I got this book deal um didn't end up going with that firm, actually, but we went okay. with them we, we we put a whole proposal together. We got four different offers on the book, and it was great and and that was virtual freedom. so that came out in 2014. but something really happened in that twenty that period of late two thousand and twelve when the when the when the deal kind of came in, and then the book coming out because you know traditional publishing' will take you twelve to eighteen months to get the book out period yeah. um and so it was very much along the lines of like you know, do you read chris Tucker's blog? do you read? Do you listen to Chris Ducker's podcast? Yeah, are you going to buy Chris Ducker's book? Then speaking invites started coming to play. Um, I do done, done a little bit of speaking on the circuit uh, in 2011, but prior to that, very little speaking. Yeah. Um. And yeah, one thing led to another, and the personal brand was born. And so we kind of rode on that 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 little cloud of personal branding for a while. And then more and more and more people started to hire me as a coach to help them build out their own brands, uh, particularly people that were slightly, should we say, slightly older, right? Yeah. Not not the yeah. 20s, not the 30s, but even in their 40s going further, people who had had careers, got that experience under their belt, that expertise. Now they kind of, they want to dump the nine to five and kind of build out something a little easier for themselves, a little bit more reliable, a little bit more Something you've got a little bit more control over, et cetera, et cetera. And so the term Upreneur was born. So building the business of you uh, based on your experience, your expertise, the people you want to serve. And so that is what Upreneur is. And we, we launched in 2015 with Upreneur. Um, 2017 uh, was the first year we did the Upreneur Summit, uh, sold out four months before the event even took place. Uh, then the book came out, Riser of Youpreneur came out in early 2018 and we sold out every year since then. Obviously, we're not doing the conference this year, unfortunately, for obvious reasons, but we yeah. are going to be back next year. And so really what a Youpreneur is, is somebody who builds a profitable, truly future-proof business based around their expertise and the, and the people that they want to serve. So it's per, it's a perfect business model for people like authors and speakers and coaches and consultants and content creators. Anybody really has got a a community of people an ecosystem Mm -hmm. of people around them. And, uh, I'm fantastic. I love doing it. It's easily the most fun that I, that I have every day working on this business.
1: Imagine who are some of the championship leaders, um, that have impacted you in your life and, and more a lot. Than, I mean than who, I'm, like, I'm, what is it about them? Like, what's the character? Yeah,
0: I,
2: I get it. That's a really good question because, like, for me, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of people that, and like I said, I'm all about learning. Like, I'm continuously learning, continuously yeah. reading and watching and listening all the time. And it's one of the big things I say to my own coaching clients as well. Like, yes, I, I get you're signed up with me as you're a coach, but there are tons of other great people out there, like learn from them too. Like I'm not that kind of a egomaniac where I want all the eyeballs and all the earlobes just on me. Right. Um, But I think that there's been a lot of people that have genuinely affected my mindset and you know, what I've been able to achieve thus far, but there's probably two or three people that stand out more than anything else. First up, um, I would say that, you know, real early on, like in the summer when I was 12 years old, I discovered Bruce Lee for the first time. Yeah. Um, I was around my friend's place. We were watching old VHS cassette Vent of the dragon. And I remember watching this movie. I was just like, like my <laughs> mouth was just open like the entire right. time. Cause I was a pretty skinny kid. Um, and uh, I was, you know, a little short growing up. I kind of, I hit my stride when I was 15, 16 and grew quite a bit and bulked up a little bit and things like that. I'm still not a huge guy, but, there was something about Bruce. I was just enamored with his on-screen personality. And so that summer, actually, I took that cassette and I wore that film. That 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 VHS was just ruined by the end of the summer. Yeah, yeah. I watched that movie like three times a day that that entire summer holiday. <laughs> um, started studying Aikido, went on studied karate, went on studied Wing Chun, um, studied martial arts on and off for about a decade or so. But there was something that kept me going back to Bruce all the time. I've read every book he wrote, every bit of writing, every bit of teaching he's put out there, his philosophies, everything. And let me tell you, I don't care what you do in your life. I don't care what business you run or what job you do or who's surrounding you or whatever it is. Bruce can teach us something. Yeah. I'm not going to get on the Bruce Lee pedestal too much (laughs) here, but everybody thinks Bruce Lee, you think Kung Fu movie star. I made four, four and a bit movies, right? Four and a bit. If you want to watch a Kung Fu movie star, watch Jackie Chan and make like a hundred of these things, right? But there was something about Bruce and his philosophies. Boy, guy was a smart guy. Really, really deep thinker. So Bruce has played and continues to play uh, a very, very big part in my development uh, as a human. Another guy, actually a US guy, Zig Ziglar. Zig. My man Zig, you Heck know I yeah. never I never met Zig. No. Uh, I have I have got to know his son uh, yeah. quite quite well over the years. With Tom. Um yeah, we've never actually met in person, but okay. uh, we're actually talking about him potentially getting to London next year. So, oh, um, that's awesome. We can make that happen. Yeah. Um but Zig, you know, I think I discovered Zig when I was about i probably about 16, 17 years old. I was in the middle of um in the middle of my exams and I wasn't doing really good. You know, I was interested in Literally, in this order, basketball, skateboarding, and girls when I was okay. that yeah. Um, And um, I wasn't really kind of focused on, on you know schoolwork at all. And my father kind of marched me down to the, to the library one Saturday morning and dropped me off when he was on his way to the office. And he said, like, get in there, find something to inspire you because you can't continue like this. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> And so I was in the audio. This is a true story. I was in the audiobook section of the library. Now, at that age, I didn't, my library card, my membership card did not allow me to take out books. Okay. So I was only allowed to take out, and it was like we're talking cassettes here, right? Not yeah, like right. CDs, yep. Or whatever. Yep. Um, and so I was only allowed to take out, you know, real books, like paper books. And so um, there was this audio cassette of See You at the Top, which is probably his best selling book. Yeah. And I'll never forget reading the subtitle. It's a checkup from the neck up. And yeah. I thought this could be it like this. I need a checkup from the neck up. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's going to work out, right? Yeah. Couldn't take it out. And so I just stole the cassette. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> just
2: lifted the thing. Here I right? thought you were going to be like,
1: so I'll just listen to it there. No, I just no, 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 no. I picked it up, put it in my pocket and walked out. <laughs> so i get back home
2: and i'm playing it on my stereo and i've always been a big fan of music ever since my early teens so i remember one christmas my father got and he was also a big music fan um i got like a proper stereo you know like the stacking systems back in the day we'd have a double cassette deck cd you know vinyl at yeah. the top two yeah, totally. crappy speakers that you yeah. definitely needed to update but you never got around <laughs> to doing it um so so i was listening to to zig on this thing and my um my uh, door was slightly ajar, and my mum walks by my room, and she hears this, you know, middle-aged American man's voice coming from her son's bedroom. So you can have anything in life that you want. <laughs> and I was just like, this guy's amazing. My mom's like, what's going on in here? And anyway, she got it out of me. My mother was Catholic Irish. She got <laughs> it out of me, and uh, she frog marched me down to the library, literally dragging me by yeah. the ear. He put me in and said, this is Chris Ducker. He stole this cassette from <laughs> the library. You need to punish him kind of thing. So my punishment for, for, for listening to my first ever Zig Ziglar teaching was um, I needed to go back to the library every day after school for one hour for a month and rearrange all of the index cards in alphabetical order. Oh, nice. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. But, hey, if you ever need anything put in alphabetical order. I'm your guy. Like I I can still do it now real fast.
1: Right. The card (laughs) catalog. I love it. (laughs) Yeah,
2: man. Zig, Zig without a doubt. And you know, here I am now, you know, all these years later um, and Zig's still impacting me. I still read his books regularly. I still listen to his seminars regularly. Um, In fact, actually one of my community members, one of my coaching clients knows how much of a big Zig fan I am. And for my birthday last year, he gifted me a vinyl, of one of Zig's seminars, which was actually signed by Zig. Oh wow, that's awesome! And uh, you know, I think it's to to Frank. See you at the top, Zig, or something <laughs> yeah. like that. So I'm not quite sure where he stole that from, but <laughs> 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 I got it in my living room, nonetheless. <laughs> awesome.
1: That's incredible. Yeah. You know, that's funny.
2: I think I think Bruce and Zig are probably like the two guys that have like you know in, inspired me the most for the longest time. Um, and then you know you can look at people like you know Richard Branson and. Know Jeff Bezos and yeah, Tony Shea, founder of Zappos. Um, just great, you know, cultural work mentality, fantastic outlook at building teams. I'm all about that sort of stuff. Yeah, obviously, with as many people I've got working for me as I have.
1: Yeah, well, Bruce and Zig, those are two good ones. And uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting that the last guy I had my on my show had a Zig story as well, and Zig was one of his. And he uh, he actually sold Zig one of his products. So with, with the redhead by his side, and that's great. Uh, he's friends with Tom as well. That's how I knew Tom's. Tom's hey, you know, there's, there's something um, about
2: that that um, that old school group of people. Yeah, who were so incredibly amazing at what they did. Mm-hmm. They made such an incredible, incredible impact on anybody that they came into contact with. And I remember maybe two years ago now, I was doing a presentation in California and I was on stage in front of about, I don't know, maybe 600 or so people. And I told that, that Zig story uh, in in one way, shape or form. And um, in terms of uh, discovering influences and, and things like that. And there was this elderly gentleman came up and I noticed this is this older guy in the audience actually was maybe five or six rows deep and he was just on his own. And he was, he was listening very, very, very intently. And he came up to me at the end of the presentation as I was leaving the main room. And he said to me, uh, Hey man, I, I really, en- you know, you made me laugh. You brought back some fond memories. I just wanted to give you something. And I'm like, okay, great. What is it? And he just, it was like a ripped up piece of paper. That had come out of his notebook yeah. and he had torn it into like a circle and on it, it had the letters T U I T and he was referring to Zig's round to it that he used yeah. to throw these little casino chips into the audience as he would talk all over the United States back in the day. And his mm-hmm. whole thing was like he hated procrastination more than anything else, Zig Ziglar, So he would, yeah. oh, I'll get around to it. I'll get around yeah. to it. i get around to it. So he <laughs> made these little round to it, right? Yeah. And the moment I saw it, because I'm the, the Zig fan that I am, yeah. it instantly in you know, registered. And yeah. this elderly guy, his name is Harry, this elderly guy said to me, um, you know, I, I saw Zig speak on a number of occasions. And he was amazing. He would have been proud of you today. Yeah. And I don't wow. know why, that's but I just one. started tearing up. Yeah. I started tearing up with this old guy. I never met this guy before. Right. And he gave me this biggest hug and he walked away and I've never seen nor heard of Harry ever since. Yeah. And that's the impact that these that's true great. leaders really
1: honestly Absolutely. have, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. I love that. Thank you well let's uh let's shift shift gears here real quick, and um I always like to to ask you know what's what's a critical moment for you kind of that fork in the road moment where had you made a different decision in in that time you'd be in a in a very different place inside of your life. I think it's powerful for especially nowadays twenty twenty all the uncertainty going on many people are probably in that moment right now, and you know it's hard it's some it's uh, championship leaders have the courage to make the decision they know is right for them. It's it's tough for a lot of people to have that courage to make that decision. So, is there a moment that comes to mind as I ask you this? You could share with us.
2: Yeah, man. You know, it's it's my burnout. You know, late two thousand nine, I burnt out big okay. time, like hospital time and really? presents, IVs for liquids, a whole kit and caboodle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, two thousand ten was the year where yes, I got more active online, but I also, you know, that was that was the virtual CEO year, as I yeah. referred to it, where we, uh, you know, my, my wife and I, who's also my business partner, um, you know, we decided that can't happen again. Yeah. I can't be out of commission like that for, right. for as long as I was and we need to do whatever, whatever we need to do to remove me from the business mm-hmm. as much as possible. And so, um, that, that year, 2010, that was the year I truly, even though we'd been running the business for a few years up to that point, that was the one year where we truly Honestly, genuinely started delegating properly. Yeah. Uh, and throughout the course of the year, I hired eight people to ultimately replace me. Shows you how many hats I was wearing. Yeah,
0: and, uh, right. you know,
2: I was your typical, you know, A type micromanaging mm-hmm. entrepreneur, plain yeah. and simple. Um, yeah. And that, that's a defining moment for me, genuinely, because it created a lot more space in my mental bandwidth. Uh, it got me back on you know on onto a healthy lifestyle in terms of you know exercise and diet and things like that and um it 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 genuinely opened my eyes to 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 learn how to work on the business instead of being trapped working in it and that was mm-hmm. the big thing and so yeah 2010 massive yeah. delegation all the way now you know i ask myself when something hits my desk or lands in my inbox i say can someone else do this? Like I'm mm-hmm. the laziest person you'll meet now. <laughs> I don't, because, you know, we've got the SOPs, we've got the yeah, stuff. Right. You know, let's just, I know what I should be doing. I should be, yeah. I should be, I should be coaching people and motivating people and kicking butt when I need to kick butt and, and we leave it at that. Everything else is done by the team
1: and that's the way it should be. Yeah. Would you say that's one of the toughest transitions entrepreneurs make? Without a doubt. Like that. Yeah. Without
2: a doubt. Because, you know, at the same time as knowing it's the right thing for yeah. you. You need to do this at the exact same time. There's also that reluctance to want to let go, yeah, right? right. And, and that reluctance to to lose control. I think yeah. more than anything. And yeah, yeah it, once you once you establish those those standard operating procedures and those, those you know the, the way that you do certain things within a company and the way you grow a business. Uh, from the inside going out, um, everything becomes so much clearer at that point yeah. as well, yeah. and more opportunities
1: come your way as well right right, yeah, totally, yeah, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. that's big that's huge um, as we start to wrap this up like what if there were one or two things you could share with the listeners that if they were to implement today would help them move their life forward today what would what would that be
2: I think the first thing is to really honestly like get selfish, and I mean that genuinely mm-hmm. um, I think anybody who's you know, even remotely successful has to have a somewhat selfish streak in them. And when I say that not in a malicious, bad way, but in a way that says, you know what if i'm if if I'm not around and in good health and if I'm not making the right moves for me personally, then I'm no good to no one. Yeah. I can't impact anyone, I can't help anyone, can't support or serve anyone. So be, you know, genuinely be a little selfish. Like if you feel like you need to take a time out of your day to go for that run, go for that run. If you feel like you need to cook two dinners, one for the kids and one for you to be healthier, then do that as well, right? There's, yeah. only, there's only one of you. So be a little selfish around that. Be a little selfish around that. And then secondly, you know, understand the importance of a, of a phenomenal support arm um, in some way shape or form like if you don't have that support in place whether it be your spouse or business partners or whatever the case may be it's going to be a lot 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 tougher to do it all on your own so understand the importance of surrounding yourself with with other people that are going to support you those two things are huge
1: yeah yeah thank you appreciate it what are a few ways that we can you know i know it um I mentioned a few of them in the beginning, but yeah, just remind the listeners how, how a few ways we can find out more about you and and uh, everything you've got going on.
2: Well, you've had them on the screen here the websites, you know, yeah. chrisducker.com, Uh That's kind of where everything lives online. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if anybody wants to connect on social, at Chris Ducker on Instagram and Twitter, that's what it's awesome. about.
1: Cool. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Chris, for being here. It's been great.
2: Thank you, man. I've enjoyed the chat. It's yeah, not absolutely. every day you get to talk about Zig. Bruce and the Celtics, all in like 30 minutes. This is good stuff.
1: Yeah, we we cover it all here on Championship Leadership. (laughs) So I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thank you.
0: Let's go. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. 15 months, he was all alone.